1: Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Haw.
2: There has been a lot in what promises to be a busy offseason, whether it's speculation over the number one draft pick and Justin Fields being traded or the execution of the closing on the land in Arlington Heights. And Dan Weeder. The 2023 Bears are made for the off season. They
3: are a dream in terms of content, in terms of debates, in terms of talking points, in terms of developments. We're just getting started. We're gonna take the North and never give it back.
2: Welcome to the take the north podcast on your free odyssey app i'm david hoff on the mullion haw show weekdays 5:30 to 10 on the score dan Weeder recovers the chicago tribune we are talking to you on the first day of the league new year happy new year everybody and dan there's a lot going on we're going to get to it all things will be fluid things will be changing news will be breaking but i think we take a step back you look at the big picture and you've got to start here today is the day that there's a new NFC North reality. Aaron Rodgers came out of the cave and picked a lane. He is on his way to New York, presumably once they dot the I's and cross the T's and the NFC North up for grabs. you agree?
3: 100%. I've said multiple times throughout this week and then obviously rubber stamping it today that of all the developments that will happen for the Chicago Bears in a landmark 2023 offseason, this may be a top three development. Aaron Rodgers' departure from the division after 15 years of tormenting this franchise is next level progress for the Chicago Bears. We don't know what Jordan Love's gonna be. The law of averages says he's not gonna be Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, right? And and, and so you breathe a sigh of relief. And I D- David, I put it on Twitter uh, on Wednesday afternoon. The 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 gif of the, the wicked witch of the west. Under the house, you know, because that's what this is. Let the munchkins out and let them sing Ning Dong the Witch is Dead because that is what the feeling in Chicago should be for what is a a landmark moment for a franchise that has been beaten down for far too long by
2: one man. And this will play out in, in you know different acts and different stages and it will be New York's <laughs> drama and Aaron Rodgers hits Broadway. That's fine. It will be louder, it will be messier, it will be amplified. And that is New York's problem. Right now, yep. you look at the Packers, and you're right, there's uncertainty surrounding the quarterback situation. You look at the Vikings, they're shedding payroll. Who knows? what they're going to be next year as they reconfigure and build around Justin Jefferson and a quarterback maybe to be named later. And here come the Lions, the mighty Lions, who might be the odds-on favorite after getting David Montgomery. We'll talk about that in a moment. But having a lot of draft capital, being on the way up, and then there are the Bears who want to sustain success, who want to gr- gradually get back to respectability. But I do wonder this, Dan, as we talk about the implications of this big picture picture shift, this seismic shift in the division, what will that do to the expectations entering 2023 and Ryan Poles' desired timetable? Well,
3: before we get to the timetable, let's point this out, that there were almost 500,000 people watching the live stream of the Pat McAfee show of Aaron Rodgers announcing um, the grudges that he has and those that he doesn't have, which are all sort of intertwined in some weird soup that he probably ate inside that cave. Look, we, he, he told us right here on this podcast a few weeks ago that he was having hallucinations about Cobby and Big Dog and bringing Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis up to New York. And guess what? It looks like it's going to happen. Like, he broke that here on the Take the North podcast he told us that he had had talked to robert sala in one of his his fever dreams all of these things happened aaron Rodgers today david it was wild to sit through that 56 minutes of him basically saying i think at first it was he was 90 percent sure he was going to retire when he went into the cave and then five minutes after he got out of the cave he had a text message or two that made him feel really uh you know sort of of uneasy. And because of those text messages and how the Packers handled him, all of a sudden he had all this, you know, he didn't call it bitterness or resentment, but this bitterness and resentment that built up, that convinced him to play. And then he said, I don't have any bitterness or resentment while listing all of the things that caused him to feel uh, bitter and slighted and move on. And, and hopefully eventually this trade will become official and Aaron will be in New York, but it was wild to watch this, this mind in the ways it was trying to twist this story into whatever conveniently fit in the lane that he wanted to fit in. As for the Bears' expectations, and you can respond to all that drama stuff in a second, I don't think Ryan Poles can be um, knocked off his spot, so to speak, just because of this one development. I think your entire mission is to build a football team that can sustain long-term success. And that doesn't mean you go after it quicker just because the division's open a little bit more. You try to build a football team that can be a real deal championship team for five, six, seven years in a row. And that's going to be slow. It's going to be methodical. And as we're seeing in free agency, it's going to take a a piece-by-piece, bite-by-bite approach to get it done.
2: Yeah, you can't allow there to be a distraction. You can't allow yourself to be undisciplined to the point where you change your own priority list and you change your own plan based on the way somebody else does something. I think that's the way you make mistakes. That's the way maybe you skip a step. We hear all the time about coaches, players, executives, you know, not skipping steps. And I think the the temptation would be, oh boy, the Packers are coming back to us. Oh boy, the division is there for the taking. But what does... What does that mean? Does that mean you're going to, you know, maybe go after a free agent at a position that you would typically draft? Or does it mean, I, I'm not quite sure if you would rush a guy. It, you have different ways that that could manifest itself. Um, I don't, I think I just said manifest itself. <laughs> I, but I, you know what I mean? So I think that it can't change your timetable, but I think it's a, it, it makes it a lot more intriguing to look at the NFC North. And I think it looks, it looks a lot more enticing when you evaluate what it means to the Bears. Uh, Uh, Packer rivalry and frankly it's a new day and the Lions you know the Lions being what they are could be it's always fun to see whether or not teams can fulfill their potential and and let's face it the Lions are interesting because they have a, a a crazy head coach they've got a different dynamic and they've got a redemption story at quarterback and now they've got a bear's leader in their backfield which seems going to be odd but it's going to change the tenor yeah. of that rivalry for the next uh, couple of years.
3: No question, one more little footnote on Aaron Rodgers. He started at, at in Green Bay for 15 seasons. He was their QB1. He swept the Bears in the season series 9 times. He beat them uh, twice in 22 days in January of 2011, as you remember well, on his way to his only Super Bowl. And so when you remove that from your equation and you, you realize, hey, we might be able to get one, possibly two wins against Green Bay going forward, it suddenly alleviates some of that pressure that's been built up inside Hallis Hall. Um, you know, you talk about David Montgomery's exit to Detroit and free agency, and, and I've talked about this in a, a couple places where it's, it's one of those moments that you saw coming you know, and you forecast that this was the likely end result. But when it becomes official, there is a a moment as as somebody who has gotten to know David Montgomery over four years where you just you feel it a little bit and you go, man, that's that's just rough. It's just the cruel nature of that position in this league and how quickly a guy who did everything right and who was everything that you claimed he would be when you drafted him in 2019 has to go find a new home just because of the dynamics of roster building, the the supply and demand, the price points, all those things that go into this. And so, um, you know, I wish David Montgomery the best. Best of luck in Detroit. Uh, but, it, you know, you know, Jeremy Langford was here until Jordan Howard was here and Jordan Howard was here until Dave Montgomery was here. Now, Dave Montgomery was here until the next guy gets here, whether that's in the draft or if it's Khalil Herbert for the long or whatever it may be. That's just the revolving door that runs at that position. Um, and now it's up to the Bears to find a little bit more stability, talent and depth to, to solidify that room amid all the other rooms that they still have to solidify. And I I know you have plenty to say on this, that there's a few rooms in there that we thought we would be sitting here on Wednesday night saying, boy, that feels a lot more
2: solid. And they are not solid. Yeah, you're right, but you preach patience, so I'm trying to be patient as much as I can, whether it's uh, on the morning show, or right here on the Take the North podcast.
0: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a
2: beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You can get the Take the North podcast on your free Odyssey app. You can watch us on 670 The Score's YouTube page. You can download, listen, and subscribe. Give us your feedback. Let us know what you think. But, Dan, you're exactly right. You know, here we are a couple days in a free agency, and the, the David Montgomery thing we'll get to in a moment, but I've been a little surprised at how, if the one thing has surprised me, it's that the most glaring needs going in remain glaring needs, and I feel like defensive tackle, offensive tackle should have been number one and number one A on your priority list, and I understand you strike when you can, so you get the linebackers, and I understand that You might not have been able to get Mike McGlinchey if you identified him as a target. So you can't get everything you want. But as we sit here uh, on Wednesday night, in uh, the first day, official day of the league year, and the Bears still have... You know weaknesses at both tackle spots. It, it, you're Ryan Poles, and you feel you feel uh, happy about what you've been able to accomplish, but committed to doing much more. And I think that's the way you feel as an observer. Uh, I'm not going to tell how fans how to feel because I think there's an, a, a euphoria that has swept over Chicago, but I understand that. But I still think there's a lot of work to do.
3: I usually don't need the kind of reining in that I think I might need right now. And you're, you're right to remind me that I preached patience for the last three, four weeks going into this thing. The problem here is that, look, like we've got time, right? And Ryan Pohl still has time to fill out this roster. I think right now as we sit here, there's 57 players under contract. you got 10 draft picks. You're going to bring in probably 10 to, to 15 undrafted free agency when the draft ends. And so you're looking at maybe a dozen more veteran free agent signings over the coming weeks. Well, they've got to come somewhere. And I looked this up. Three times today, just to make sure I had this correct, but Ryan Poles was asked in January at the end of season press conference how much he could get done in one offseason, understanding that there was a mountain of work. And he said, your priorities have to be the premium positions. And that's pass rushers, cornerbacks, and offensive linemen, right? And so to this point, we've added one situational pass rusher and Demarcus Walker, who most people in the league just go, huh? Uh, shrugs and no corners and no offensive linemen. I mean, Nate Davis comes in as a guard, but he's not at the tackle position, which we I think we identified as a need. And so when we go up Thursday morning to talk to Ryan Poles and get an overview of this, it's not just going to be a, hey, tell us about the new guys. It's going to be like, what do you see here that's allowing you to have the patience you have and how much work do you still need to do to get this
2: roster fortified? So let's talk about that specific position offensive tackle for a moment, because the guy at the center of the questions is Orlando Brown Jr. He was on yeah. ESPN on Wednesday afternoon, uh, NFL Live, I believe, and he addressed his status. I think he called the process a little weird. Uh, to me, he sounded a little bit, I, I don't want to say confused, but he, you know he said, A lot of things you expect somebody whose status is uncertain to say and to sound like, and he doesn't know where he's going to play. He didn't reveal too much about specific specific teams that are involved. Dan, when it comes to Orlando Brown Jr. and Adam Schefter's contention that the league considers him a right tackle, he is insistent on playing the left side. Brian Baldinger told us on the Mullinghaw Show that is what he wants to play. Ross Tucker reiterated that on Wednesday morning. Do you think the Bears are trying to wait this out? Ryan Pohl's trying to wait until Orlando Brown Jr. comes around. Do you know or have you heard how involved they are, if they are involved at all?
3: I, I, I don't have much to that end and it's been quiet on that. End. And I'm interested to learn that because look, we've we've documented that Ryan has one season of overlap in Kansas city with Orlando Brown. He should know the player. He should have open lines of communication. There should be easy ways to figure out, is this going to work or is it not going to work? And right now um, everything just seems kind of stuck in a holding pattern. And we're all kind of waiting to see what happens. If Orlando Brown ends up signing in the next two or three days, one of the, one of the more notable free agent signings that came later than a expected was a hicks and i think that was 2016 and you were waiting for it waiting for it waiting for it and then it came and that guy turned out to be a pretty good difference making player for you for a while and so you're hopeful on that and that's why free agency is so uncomfortable because it's not on a schedule um and so it's, so you just don't know when things are going to get to a resolution or whether they're going to go down a different road um and until that happens you just can't kind of get a sit pad. I, I i think back to the cubs and you would probably have more knowledge on this than i do but there was like the four shortstops coming in this offseason and there was like that that trepidation for a while like oh my god they're gonna get shut out they're gonna get shut out they're gonna get shut out and then all of a sudden they get a deal with dansby swanson and everybody breathed a sigh of relief and it felt better
2: right you know, that's a really good comparison yeah i hadn't really thought of that but you're right because there was the correa there was trey turner And, you know, was all this activity and all this noise and you're waiting and wondering. And the idea was like much like the Bears needing an offensive tackle. The Cubs were fixated on getting a shortstop, one of the top four. And that is a that's a good comparison. I I think in time, the Cubs were able to get the deal that was maybe the most intelligent of the four deals. But I just don't know. Xander Bogarts was the fourth uh, shortstop went to the Padres who they overpaid. For him but that's part of free agency i do wonder and korea wound up with five teams right Yeah, korea yeah exactly <laughs> five teams and- the bears may be able to get him before it's all said five and teams and six specialists later he he was back in minnesota so i i wonder i wonder if at the end of this yeah maybe the the if the bears are satisfied with their free agent um targets that as the cubs were with theirs this is going to be a very good off season for ryan poles it already is trending in that direction. But I, I do want to withhold judgment. That doesn't mean, again, you understand this better than I do, or we both kind of are, are, are in it together. Misery loves company. It's not being critical <laughs> of the job Ryan Poles has done. Quite the opposite. I think it, I commend him for the trade that he made. We both have been positive about that. He was aggressive off the get go, but this is incomplete. It's like it is evaluating a movie, yeah. you know, about halfway through it. So let's wait and see because they do need an offensive tackle, they need, to need a defensive tackle, and they need help at the premium positions and why do we think that because ryan poles told us that
3: correct and, and we'll see what he has to tell us on on thursday morning when he speaks in lake forest And it'll be fascinating to to see where that conversation goes i had a, a call from someone uh connected to the building earlier today who, who was kind of feeling me out on my my reaction he said it, you know it feels like you're not uh all that high i just said i i save my celebrations for actual achievement and i just don't think they've achieved anything it's really nice to say oh the bears made all these signings well yeah of course the bears were going to make all these signings because they had more holes than any team in the national football league to fill and so of course you were going to add starters i don't know that anybody came into this week um you know with highlight tapes of of nate davis and demarcus walker and tj edwards on their on their social media pages you know like those weren't the names that, that people were, were throwing out of the grand wish list. This was the year where you had almost hundred million dollars in cap space to spend. And you were going to go out and make some, some big ticket signings. That's I'm not being critical. I'm just saying like, if you want to look at this roster and understand how much more needs to be done, particularly when you and I have talked about for, for months, the trenches, you know, you got, you need guys that can rush the passer and stop the run and you need people that can protect your quarterback. And right now I look at those positions and I, I'm, I'm, I'm jarred at how little they have. Have in terms of talent and depth at both of those
2: or uh, all three of those spots Last thing for me in the offensive tackle uh, situation Th- this is also part of why uh i think it's important to to make continue to make this a priority and to stress this point because let's go back to during the season when one of the things that i think was an acceptable explanation for why justin fields was limited in the passing game it was because he didn't have adequate protection he didn't have the right weapons around him and that was used as rationale understandably so, for why maybe he struggled with accuracy, why he didn't have time to throw, why he didn't take that next step in the passing game. Well, next year is a big year for his development. Actually, the crucial year, because the Bears have protection, if he doesn't develop as much as they think he can, then they can move on. In order to do that, the same people that were clamoring for him to get help and for them to protect Justin Fields and to give him weapons, you can't now say it doesn't matter as much when Ryan Poles isn't going out and getting one of those Guys to help protect Justin Fields, a left tackle or a right tackle, whatever side, get a tackle. So I think that's what we're doing. We're following the pattern. Okay, fine. You want to continue to develop your franchise quarterback. You've identified him as the guy. I would do that too. But now follow through. Even if you have to overspend and overpay, that's part of the reality of losing 14 games and getting yourself in this position. Your cupboard is bare. Start to refill it, even if it's a little expensive. Well,
3: look, in our last episode, you were putting together the the schedule and the acts for the No Excuses Tour, right? That's right. The no Excuses Tour can't right. get off the ground while there's still excuses. So we got to eliminate the excuses before we get to, to September. And so now it's a, a matter of figuring out what you can do in these value waves of free agency, figuring out what you can do in the draft. Look, like I go back to things that we were talking about in November and December. If you are our Attaching your hopes to the idea that Ryan Poles is going to get into the 2023 draft and hit 650. I don't know what to tell you because history will tell you that that is an outlier and, and you're not going to have a draft that is going to get you long-term answers at all these positions. And so you better just try to find some, some, some competence. And, and and the one thing that just, like I say, that just keeps jarring me is putting together the two deep depth chart at every position and eliminating the starters. And then looking at the second line and going, Oh my God, not only do they have starters to fill, but look at what the depth looks like. It's awful. Their depth right now on March 15th at, you know, almost five o'clock is Awful. It's not competitive. And so they've got a long way to go to get themselves to a point where where they have depth that means something.
2: All right, there's a lot of things I want to get through quickly, a couple of quick thoughts on on each of them, Dan. But I do want to update. um, you mentioned the no excuses tour. I have a soft yes from Kenny Chesney to perform Boys of Fall. Okay. The floor to open for Justin Fields, but it it, it depends on how free agency goes. So I'll let you know (laughs) Kenny Chesney though is is a definite maybe on, on the No Excuses tour. All right. So David Montgomery, here's what I want to know. We talked about what it means to the Lions and and how the Bears may move on. Three years, $18 million. Dan, what was it about David Montgomery's price tag that made Ryan Poles think it was too rich for the Bears' blood? He said he valued him. He said he liked him, but uh, apparently he liked him not to the point where he wanted to pay that to keep him.
3: It's everything that we talked about. It's the needs at so many other positions. It's the need for, for quality depth. It's the understanding that you know, what we just said, you know, you've gotten Jordan Howard in round five and David Montgomery in round three, and you can go back to the draft every few years. And Khalil Herbert was a sixth round pick. And you can, you can find a reliable starter on day three of the draft pretty consistently and or late day two, if, if so desired, and you can figure out a way to make that work. It's the the cruel nature of the position. Um it's not as if David was a, you know, a 1400-yard 12 touchdown guy a year ago. You know, Khalil Herbert actually probably was the more productive rusher through most of 2022 and so it is what it is. Look, I have I've told people for a long time that David Montgomery's uh value to the Bears goes far beyond anything that you'll read on a Pro Football Reference Stat sheet. You know, he was a heartbeat in that locker room. He he set a tone. He was a guy that did everything you asked, and you want those guys in your building. There's just a point where, when you've got so many different needs to fill, uh, you want to save those resources for what we talked about—the premium positions. And right now, running back's not in that equation. It still leaves me with those questions about linebacker, um, and we can get into that in a minute. But that's—I think that's where it is. And I, I'll be interested, like David. We get to hear now. David Montgomery will go in front of a room in Detroit before the week's up, and he'll tell us about his feelings. And it's. Always fun to be kind of a fly on the wall in those uh, those media availabilities, just to hear how a guy's exit is and what his arrival to a new place uh, feels like.
2: Multiple choice question: The Bears will replace will replace David Montgomery with A. Miles Sanders, B. Austin Eckler in a trade, C. Bajan Robinson with the number nine overall selection, or moving down to draft him, or D. None of the above. What was A? A was Miles Sanders. No, I don't think I don't think you're going to go there. Eckler.
3: No, you're not trading away capital for that really? guy. Why? I think because of what we just talked about, because they are going to have to give away all of this, this, this stuff. You're going to have to give away okay. draft picks and money um, to get a guy that, that you think you can. I mean, where was that Austin Eckler drafted? I have to look that up and and, and understand that the next Austin Eckler's out there. Somewhere. I know where
2: he ends up a lot. And that's the end zone.
3: Correct. No, you're right on that. Now, so like the Bijan Robinson thing is fascinating to me because there are 99 cases you can make for why it would make no sense for the Bears to draft Bijan Robinson at number nine. And I subscribe to those and I said, don't do it. Don't do it. But there is the case that he could be picked there at number nine. And based on what everything that you talked to about, just sheer talent and productivity and, and certainty about NFL level productivity. If you're looking for a guy that's like, okay, you can't miss on him, he's as close as you're gonna come, you know, down there at night. And so, like every time I say no, 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 there's this little thing in the back of my head that says, if they did it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't condemn them for it. I really wouldn't, because that would dude is a football player. And and look, like the, the the rationale, and we'll get into this in April when we're talking more about this at length as the draft's approaching. The rationale is you don't want to waste. The prime of a talented running back like this, uh, it, you know, the first couple of years of his career on a team that's not contending for everything because you're just wasting it. You're just wasting that period of time. It's too bad they couldn't draft him and redshirt him for a couple of years down the road. But the other part of it is, is you need playmakers. And, and that guy's a playmaker and he winds up in the end zone a lot. And he's got a lot of talent and a lot of things that would fit nice. Look, I'm still on the don't do it. But if they did it, I'd be like, OK, like I, I don't have a problem
2: with it. The fifth player the Bears added in free agency, Travis Homer, speedster, special teams guy. I think it was more coincidence than counter move that it was announced within an hour or so or it came to terms with him after the David Montgomery news. What do you know about Travis Homer?
3: Yeah, I think you're looking at a guy that's a depth piece in that room. I think you're looking at a guy that can come in on third down and give you a little bit. Uh maybe as a pass catcher and a pass blocker. Probably going to see the the bulk of his Chicago Bears production as a special teams contributor. Um and so that's one of those moves that that fans will get um upset about because they, they you know like yeah, it's not a replacement for David Montgomery. They're going to find David Montgomery's replacement elsewhere. Travis Homer is just a you know he's a guy that's going to fill a, a role that needs to be filled and that's like what we have to just keep emphasizing is there are a lot of roles that need to be filled because their depth chart is not full of of depth pieces or special teams, you know locked in contributors, and so you've got to get those guys somewhere, and that that feels like what that is to some extent, and uh, obviously Ryan can tell us a little bit more about his vision when we meet with him on Thursday.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com
0: slash special offer. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
2: You mentioned he's talking on Thursday. Looking forward to that conversation. It's been a busy week all over the place for Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus on Tuesday. They were at Northwestern's Pro Day. Peter Skronsky, I think, was kind of the subject of a lot of conversation and speculation. Pat Fitzgerald kind of (laughs) sparked it himself, said the first thing he thought when he saw the Bears made the trade was Skronsky to the Bears because he grew up a Bears fan he knows what he needs. Number nine, it would make sense. So, Dan, that's Tuesday with Skronsky in the mix. And then on Wednesday, we saw uh, pictures of Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles in Georgia at the Pro Day for the Georgia Bulldogs. Jalen Carter showed up nine pounds heavier than he was at the Combine, couldn't finish his individual drills. Somebody who already had a lot of questions surrounding his dependability, reliability, and character raised even more questions about that on Wednesday. Where do you think that's headed? And just, uh, if you could, summarize both days, Evanston, Athens, what the Bears got out of it.
3: I never lose my mind over pro days, and if you remember a couple of years ago, Zach Wilson made everyone's jaw drop at a pro day, and it was like the talk for for ten days. Oh, look at this throw he made! All right, we saw how that turned out. So you kind of have to take a deep breath at pro days. That said, the Jalen Carter stuff today, given the, the turbulence of the month that that Jalen Carter has had, was problematic. You know, he didn't look good. Then you watch the video of him going through some of the drills, and I, the first thing I said was, "My God, if somebody gave..." him a copy of the, the, the Matt Eberflux, uh hits instructional video, Matt Eberflus is going to fall off his chair. He's going to go, oh my God, like, you know, I like grading loaves. There's more loaves in here to, to build a bread factory, for God's sakes. And so that is not a good sign for Jalen Carter. He's costing himself money this month. He's plummeting down the draft board. And, like, I, I understand that there's, like, this, this great intrigue because of where he was valued and how disruptive he can be. And when he's at his best, you know what that looks like there's, there's, you know, there's hall of fame level talent inside there, but Holy God, man, there are a lot of question marks and it feels like week after week, another one comes into the mix and some team is going to have to wrap their brains around all of that and figure out when is the right time to roll those dice. Obviously the bears were there. Matt Eberflus was one of three coaches at the Georgia pro day. I think it was Mike Tomlin and Arthur Smith who came from just down the road were the other two. Um, Georgia Bulldogs have about 27 other draft eligible prospects that are worth looking in on. So there, it it was more than just, uh, you know, one guy that they were zeroing in on, but my God, David, I don't know how you feel about this. It just, it feels like there's so much homework to be done on this kid over the next seven weeks to even get yourself to a point of even considering it, even at number nine.
2: I I think that as we said earlier, there's a different risk reward calculus at nine than there was at one or one even nine. And there is at five, but when you're the Bears and you do espouse all these things about character and culture, and, and you also, and hustle. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you have somebody who is clearly out of shape or troubled or distracted or has all these things hanging over his head, I'm not quite sure that I'm not quite sure that it would make sense. But this got it's got to play out. Um, he did not represent himself well today. The thing is, Dan, you got teams in front of you. You got the Lions at six. That you wonder. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to be trying to accumulate talent. They might be in a position to take more risks because they haven't won in so long. So I do wonder, but it is something worth monitoring. I think it's almost like the profile for Peter Skronsky, local guy, Northwestern, the, the most critical thing you can say about him is he's got short arms, you know, And he's going to be somebody who is reliable and may be able to overcome that because of his intangibles. Jalen Carter may never be able to reach his potential because of his intangibles. And that contrast to me is pretty interesting.
3: Back when I was covering college basketball, I had uh, a, an NBA talent evaluator say that sometimes, that you know, players get criticized and it sounds like criticism, but really the, the fact of the matter is that the sports played at the highest level are freak shows. They're absolute freak shows. And guys with the greatest intangibles and the greatest talent, if they don't have that freak show element in terms of just like next level length or size or explosion or speed or whatever it is, they can wash by the wayside really quickly. And so I, I'm a believer, and who Peter Skronsky is, the question for the Bears at number nine is, do you see him as a tackle? Because the talk on the league is like, you may have to bump him inside the guard because that arm length just isn't what you'd want it to be for a prototypical left tackle. And if you're going to move a guy into guard, do you really want to pick him at nine? And so those are the questions, like internally in the draft meetings, as you go through all of the things that you go over on a prospect, you you, you have to stop there, you know, because this, we're not talking about round three, we're not talking about round four, where if you do have to kick a guy inside the guard, you go, okay, whatever, he can help us there. This is the a top ten pick, you know, and top ten picks are are you know to be a success with a top ten pick, you want a guy who is an immediate impact starter and you know projects as a multiple time pro bowler that's what you get in the top 10 to be a success and so that's a hard question it's stupid i get it it's like what can i do my arm lengths are is 32 and a quarter or whatever peters are it's somewhere in that range but it matters you know and 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 so (laughs) the bears are going to have to decide how much it matters
2: perfect segue because you wonder about these draft boards you wonder about what teams value and you wonder if somebody who might be perfect for the bears might not be perfect for somebody else or the lions might be ideal uh consider somebody ideal for their organization where the bears would reject <laughs> so jimmy johnson who invented the draft chart the value chart and proudly still can talk about that has a book out called swagger a uh, perfectly titled book swagger and it is his memoir and he was on the morning Haw show on tuesday and he was asked by Molly and I, we talked to him about this very thing. You know, when you're looking at guys and you go into a draft based on need, based on the best player available, what is his general philosophy going back to when he did it right for the Cowboys and certainly, you know, became the Hall of Fame executive and coach that he became? This is the way that conversation went.
1: How aggressive would you be with that ninth pick and we and i i sat there with you i mean I know how aggressive you like to be with your picks and trades you know would would you be would, would you still be aggressive in moving up moving down to get the guy you want what's your thoughts there well yeah you know teams have come down here over the years and, and they asked me about you know about drafting and you know you know a half a dozen of them said the best thing i ever told them was i would take Three players, and and every round that I really wanted them. I wanted they were my kind of guys. You know, they, they were players that were going to help our football team. Uh, you know, forget about this best player available bull crap. You know, I, I you'll get players that are going to help your team. And so I would have I would have three players in every round, and you can figure out who's going to take you. You know, talk to the beat writers from other teams. You know, you can get the scuttle about who teams are looking for. And, you know, when it came close to our pick, you know, if y'all you know, two, or, two or one of those players is available, I would take them. If they weren't, I would move out of the pick. You know, I didn't ever take the philosophy of take the best player available uh, because I wanted to take the best player available that I wanted.
2: Certainly that was Dave Wanstead asking the questions and setting up the interview. Thank you to Coach <laughs> Wanstead for that. But, Dan, pretty fascinating against-the-grain thought Again, that was thirty years ago. Things have changed, but that's the way Jimmy Johnson did it.
3: Well, I, li- I like it. I wrote down my kind of guys, right. right? Because that that gives you a leg up if they're your kind of guys, and you know right away that that you've got a chance to 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 have the the relationship start off on the right foot. I've had a rant for the last six or seven years about this whole like you got to take the the best player available. You got to stay true to the board. You got to stay true to the board every year. We learn that the board is always wrong, right? Like it's not a cheat sheet. It's not an answer key. It's always wrong. Five years down the road, someone will take this board and they'll redraft it and it'll be completely different than it is now. So the board is wrong. So take your kind of guys, take the guys that you know can fit into what you're doing. Take the guys that you have a connection with, do those things. Like I think that like we've we've overcomplicated it. The board is always wrong. I'm going to say this a million times before we get to the last weekend of April, because it's true. It's wrong every single year. No rating system is ever been close to right when you look back on things five years down the road so like where jimmy's at the footnote to this david is i've got a 10 u house league draft this saturday Right. The the, the the I'm the assistant GM of the Glenview Royals for the tenure division. And I wrote down my kind of guys, and we're gonna have to reconfigure our oh, draft man. board before we get to Saturday. So we get my kind of guys on the Royals.
2: I can't imagine the egos are gonna crush this <laughs> week and those poor kids. Uh well, we, my, we've already taken some kids off the board Jim, because of because of character concerns. Jimmy, you're not my kind of guy. Billy, sorry, <laughs> you either. Okay. <laughs> um that you know, Jimmy Johnson, I think what he's saying without necessarily putting in those terms. My kind of guys means, you know, he he's following his instincts, and it may tell him things that you cannot measure. And every draft, and it's the oldest thing in sports, is that you know you'd show me, you, you see examples of players, and the Bears signed one this week, and TJ Edwards. They he joined the linebacker core with full of Jack with Jack Sanborn. These are things that guys terrible measurables, but they're my kind of guys as somebody who likes defensive football, who likes hard-nosed football. So he's talking about that. Now, Jimmy also said that he wouldn't draft an offensive lineman or a wide receiver in the first round because those are the days that he felt like, you know, you you couldn't get away with that. You could find those guys other places. It was maybe the modern-day equivalent of running backs because of premium positions and the way that they valued things back in the early 90s. But it was fascinating to hear him talk about his philosophy. So while we had him on the air, of course – when Ryan Poles makes such a huge yeah. trade, one of the biggest trades in Bears history, gets DJ Moore and the draft picks from the Carolina Panthers who moved up, we had to ask Jimmy Johnson, what would you think of the trade?
1: I think, you know, really it can be beneficial for both Carolina and Chicago. And as I've said for years, uh, really, you know, getting a bunch of picks, you know, it's great. But, you know, a lot of teams have gotten picks over the years. Uh, back when Eric Dickerson was trading from the Rams, they got a ton of picks. Uh, RG3, uh, as far as Washington, you know, when they trade for him, teams have gotten picks. over the year. Cleveland Browns, you know, they've had number one picks forever. And, and so it's not the picks, it's what you do with the picks. And as long as Chicago is able to use those picks and pick the right players, it is a great trade for Chicago. Now, you know, by the same token, uh, you look at Carolina, you know, if, if they don't pick the right quarterback, you know, it's a bad trade for them. They've got to pick the right quarterback. So, you know, I I think it can be beneficial for both teams. It just depends on how they use those picks.
2: Pretty good analysis.
1: No, I agree. And and you've heard me
3: talk about that RG3 trade a lot because that was at the time it was like, oh my God, look at the windfall that the Rams got back. This, this is going to help them build themselves into a, a perennial contender. And then it didn't. And so like Jimmy makes a great point of it's what you do with those picks and you better have success with those. And, you know, there was folks trying to liken the, this deal to the Herschel Walker trade over the weekend and in the, into the early parts of this week. And, and, and you're just like, no, no, we're not there. And, and so like, look, like I think Ryan did as, as good as we could have expected with taking that number one pick and turning it into more assets. Now it's about turning those assets into things that actually help you win football games. And that's an ongoing process. It's going to take a while to do. Um, yeah, really good insight from from Jimmy to that end.
2: And the other part of it, the conversation we had, he talked about offensive linemen. Now, remember, this is the time where there weren't as many limits on practice time as there are now. The CBA was differently structured, so teams' offensive lines could work more together. They could have more contact. Training camps were more physical, so you could work out kinks easier than you could today. So it came as little surprise that one of his favorite guys, and certainly Dave (laughs) Wonstad's best friend, Tony Wise, former offensive line coach for the Cowboys, for the Bears, and just an offensive line coaching legend, really, uh, Tony Wise is somebody that Jimmy Johnson remembers being able to turn guys into players that many, 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 people didn't think they could be. And his overall philosophy, because of Tony Wise's impact, what he could do with the typical offensive lineman and the role of the off- offensive line coach. And this is what he had to say.
1: Howie Long and Michael Strahan get mad at me when I say this offensive line. That's the one position that the coach is more and more valuable than the players. And uh, because if you've got a great offensive line coach, which Tony Wise was, you know, he can develop some of those players. Just like taking Sebnowski. Sebnowski was a 245-pound guard. I said, Tony, can you make him into a center? He said, Coach, I can make him into a center. He had never played center before in his life. We moved him to center. He ended up being a pro bowler for us. And so the offensive line coach is a heck of a lot more important than taking an offensive lineman with a ninth pick. Wow.
2: I I have to tell you, that one I didn't expect because of just how much the reality, it seems like we're always saying talent prevails, talent prevails. But he's got examples, and certainly he lived (laughs) through it, and now he's got the Super Bowl rings to prove that he really, you know, that's a philosophy he believes in. And um, it came true for him.
3: If, if I'm uh, Bears offensive line coach Chris Morgan, I'm clipping that soundbite. I'm going to get the contract of the the, yeah. the the first three offensive linemen drafted in April, and I'm taking them to Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles and going, "Hey, uh, you guys want to put these two things together? I'm I'm the most valuable thing you got going in your building right now. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, it, it, it's going to be really interesting to see where they land with the collection of people that they bring on the offensive line, and then it's Chris Morgan's job to, to blend them into one and to to contribute to the no excuses tour because we need that offensive line to be stable and sturdy and have continuity and depth and all those things so that we can do a, a fair evaluation of the 2023 Bears and I know they're going to get that done right we have great conviction and certainty that they're going to get that done
2: before we get out of here, I have to tell you a little bit about so kind of behind the curtain with the, the Jimmy Johnson interview. So obviously he works for Fox and obviously he's one of Dave Wanstead's best friends, which is how he ended up on our show, the Moline Haw show. So he was on at eight o'clock and Dave's this segment uh, before that was at 745 and we have a break before Jimmy's all set. And, you know, Dave's very conscientious. Dave showed up at 705. He's early <laughs> for everything. Coach Wanstead is you know, Lombardi time, Tom Coughlin time. There's one time. He's 15 minutes before those guys. Anyway, so he's there. He's prepared. And during the break, once a coach, always a coach. So (laughs) in the studio, Mully's over here. I'm over here. Dave's in the middle. And he's like, all right, guys, guys, we're going to get Jimmy on. Now, I thought, Mully, you'll bring us back. And then when you bring us back, then I'm going to ask him about yeah, maybe the draft pick and then you guys go and you can ask him and then Dave you can ask him and I just thought and he's and he's writing this down like okay he's di- like he's diagramming a play this is our yeah, halftime. time you know the he's got his first yeah. half it was a good segment but now we're rallying we're getting ready for Jimmy all right so then you can you gotta ask him about the book Mully before we're done Ask him about the book. It's a great book. We got to ask him about the book. And so, you know, we're taking notes, we're we're suppressing our laughter because Dave cares so much. And you know what? We came back. Molly brought us back like we usually do. Molly and Hall, welcome to Chicago Sports Radio 67 score. Dave comes in, he introduces Jimmy, he gets the interview going. Radio pro, TV pro, not a nicer guy in the world. Dave Wanstead also can now add radio producer to his long list of accomplishments on his resume.
3: Tony Weiss has got mayonnaise dripping from his chin as he comes in. (laughs) It was a great great. interview, David. It was, it was, it was really, really good. And then I, you know, probably the kicker of it all was the the sign off with with Jimmy Johnson his new book. It's called Swagger, right? And and, and he says, I figure anybody that's in the pro football hall of fame, the college football hall of fame and the broadcasting hall of fame
2: ought to write a book called Swagger. (laughs) He's unapologetic. He was great. You can listen to that entire interview if you want. It's on the free Odyssey app. Go to the, Mully and Hall podcast from Tuesday, March 14th. It was in the eight o'clock hour. You'll want to go back, rewind, listen, because it was a lot of fun. If you're looking
3: for my 10U mock draft, that will be out on Friday night for, for, for the fourth grade uh, Royals. We'll have the mock draft out. Uh, I also wanted to, to, to make one final point that uh, Aaron Rodgers' response to Adam Schefter was similar to when I first texted you in 2013 and said, hey, uh, there's a job open at the Tribune that I'm up for, and you texted back, lose my number. Good try, though.
2: You kept that one, huh? I thought would like forgotten that. Was that you? I couldn't have sworn that was Campbell. I didn't, I didn't know. And you know what? It shows you how much respect I, I garnered. I sent you that text. They hired you anyway.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So here now, we are all these years later. And all we're these years we're later. about to take the North and never give it
2: back. Okay. And on Thursday, Ryan Poles will meet the media. There may be some more moves to talk about. You know what? We'll get together again in 24 hours and we'll talk about what he said what's coming next and you can join us listen download listen and subscribe but you have been we've just got through a lot of stuff on this wednesday things are fluid remember that when listening but we thank you for your time on this take the North podcast dan anything else
3: Yeah, we'll get D.J. Moore, Tremaine Edmonds, and the others, too, at Hellas Hall on Thursday. So uh, a meet and greet up at 1920 Football Drive. Looking forward to that.
2: Looking forward to it as well. All right, we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in tonight on the Take the North podcast on your free Odyssey app. Also, watch us on the YouTube page, on the 670 Score YouTube page. Thanks for listening. For Adam Szynski, Dan Weider, I'm David Hall. Talk to you tomorrow.